right, welcome in everybody. First uh, video version of Cap and Trade this week via episode 36. So we just wanted to test this out and see if it was something that would kind of work for the show, be beneficial for me, beneficial for you and whoever else is listening in. And so it's just something I wanted to try out, you know, if, and oddly enough, I've kept my face off of social media, at least for Twitter wise, for uh, a good 10 years now. So now everybody can see the the man behind the behind the Twitter account. So um, but for the most part, I just wanted to see if this was something that would be good versus spaces. I know we've we've had a lot of success with spaces and, and I've really enjoyed the fan interaction on there. And, and we've had a lot of good guests in our, our past uh, year and a half of running the show on on spaces and I'm not completely eliminating spaces, but it's something that, you know, I just wanted to test this out and see, it seems there's a lot of uh, momentum when it comes to going with the video format of the podcast. And so, you know, this is episode 36 of cap and trade. And I, you know, I really wanted to give this a shot, see how it worked on, see how it worked on uh, YouTube live here, go with the video format. We'll still, record record the show record the audio and uh produce the podcast version just like we do from uh, uh, cap and spaces you know like we do on on twitter spaces on cap and trade from there so you know with that you know we'll get going here landry's running a little behind but we can uh kind of get kind of get going but for the most part you know this was uh texans First win, congratulations to them. Kind of want to dedicate the show to uh, Travion Walker with his free gift that the uh, that he handed the Texans with his frustration on the roughing the passer call on the third and twenty, giving Texans the first down and ultimately led to uh, to scoring points, which you know put them in a position to win the game. And it's good to finally get that first win out from underneath them, kind of get that off of their back heading into the bye week. They can work, regroup figure out where they need to go from here. But getting that first win is very important. It's very important for the confidence of the team, confidence of the coaching staff, all the way up to ownership, confidence in the fan base. So that part is just exciting for all, for everyone involved. And so, you know, they're now one, three and one. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a good time, you know, especially with the Astros, what's going on right now. It's good to see the Texans win. And then of course, uh, Jordan, setting everything up last night, having a, a big home run to close out the game to uh, bring complete the, the comeback. So it's just an exciting time for Houston sports right now. And with that, you know, on the Texans front, you know, it's, it's good. It's, you know, Davis Mills still has struggled, still had a, a, a rough game. You know, I updated the confidence meter. It was, I put it at 25 this week based on the fan fan poll that we had put out on um, Tuesday morning. So we updated the, uh, or we put it out on Monday. I'm sorry, we put the poll out on Monday on Twitter. Had about a good participation, more votes this time around. So we had 670 something votes this time around. And it was a dang lock between 20% and 30%. So I split the difference, put it at 25%, posted the the meter up and, uh, yeah, you know, disabled comments on it because I just didn't want it to turn into a to a uh, uh, 
and just a bad discussion point, but it's it's more more fun and just and if anything, and it was fun for me to just create the graphic to see if I could come up with that. Came up with it in Excel, so you know it's at twenty five percent. Mills had yet another rough game, and it's just difficult to continue to watch this. You know he he's having trouble going to his left. Still, he's having trouble getting outside of the numbers. His accuracy was better this week, I think overall, but his average depth of target is just continuing to go down and down and down. And you see that with his, you see that with his EPA per play per dropback, it just continues to go down and he's falling way below the trend line when you compare against the other quarterbacks across the league. So it's very, it's very tough to watch. And I think, do think it's a function of play calling. I do think it's a function of Davis Mills and his confidence. We're not seeing him go down the field quite a, quite as much. You know, we're starting just like in case with Brandon Brooks, Brandon Cooks. I mean, his average depth of target, you know, his yards per reception is just down. It's down almost this past week. It was less than five yards per reception, and so that's just quite difficult to overcome when your number one wide receiver is pulling in less than fifty yards reception, fifty yards reception yards, and at this point, it's just something's got to change and hopefully they can use this bye week to regroup, figure out the offense, try to find a way to get the ball downfield more often. We see what the running game's capable of. Um, you're starting to see a lot more seven man boxes for, for Damian Pierce. And so Pep's going to have to change things up a little bit. He's going to have to figure out how to make the defense respect the passing game, which will ultimately open up the running game even more. So at this point, we really need we really need him to to get going and figure out a way to just incorporate get Nico Collins more involved. We saw him with four receptions, made that fantastic jump catch, which is what he has the frame built for to get there and make those kind of plays. And you, there's going to be times where you just got to defend depend on him making those kind of plays when you throw it up, but. At this point, you just need to figure out a different, not change scheme, but we need the team to figure out how to get the ball past four or five yards down the field or when the team's passing. There was a, I think a chart came out where it's, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It was on, it's on football outsiders. There's uh, a, a chart of passing yards in relation, passing yards in relation to uh, throw into the sticks. So, Davis Mills is really low on that chart. He's like at minus 2.1 yards. So what that's saying is, is his average target is minus two yards from the first down stick. Doesn't matter if it's first and 20 or first and you know, or third and four or whatever. He's constantly thrown behind the sticks. And it's not leading to a lot of first downs. And it's making things very difficult for the offense. Luckily, Damon Pierce is carrying the load uh, gotten starting to get a little concerned about his workload going forward, but it's good to see him continue to progress and get the confidence and start breaking tackles and know that what he's capable of doing this is exactly what we saw this weekend where he was breaking what six or seven tackles on that one play that got him down to the one yard line where they he ended up punching in for a touchdown, but you need to put those things together and figure out a way for this offense to score points. It's not every week that this defense is going to be able to shut down the quarterback 
that well. I mean, you're you're going to have stiffer competition when it comes to the quarterback at some point down the line. You know, Jalen Hurts, different players coming up, and the defense is not going to always hold them to six points like that, right? So we need them to figure out a way to get this offense moving, get it moving down the field, move the sticks, stay on schedule, whether – and Davis Mills is not an RPO guy. He's not making those reads. There's times where he could have probably pulled it and ran it himself. So take those plays off the books. Figure out a way to get more of your running back group, specifically Dare, get him involved, you know, for five carries, things like that. And so at this point, you know, and you just got to figure something out. The defense is going to continue to do what they do. The linebackers are still struggling. The back end, the secondary is performing very well as a as a whole. And so, and the special teams is, is a top three, a top three uh, piece of the, you know, phase of the game when you compare against across the league. They're, they're very, doing very well on, on that. So one thing I kind of wanted to talk about was Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard. So, they both they both had a very good game again, it's especially with the pass blocking. Uh, run blocking here and there, it's, you know, I think Pierce is making a lot out of a little. But at some point, you know, the run blocking is going to continue. It's going to come around. I think they'll get there with that. But the pass blocking, especially with the bookends with Howard and, and Tunsil, this past week was very, very well done. The interior is still struggling. You know, AJ can, he is what he is. Scott Questenberry, he is what he is. Kenyon Green and pass blocking. He's had two weeks now where it's a little rough. And so um, at this point, you got to really start looking at their future and how, and how they're going to manage this, right? Because you have, Next year, you have them both under contract. They're both going into the last year of their con- respective contracts. You know, Howard's on his rookie deal. Rookie deal. He'll be going into the fifth year, and he's due thirteen million dollar, thirteen point two million dollar salary next year. Tunsil, due to all the the back to back restructurings of his contract, he's due eighteen and a half million salary, but his cap number has ballooned all the way up to thirty five point two million. So it's going to be difficult to operate with your left tackle with that kind of number. So really the team only has two choices at this point, especially specifically with Tunsil is you either trade him or you extend him. And if you were to ask me in the preseason or, you know, even week one or whatever, I, I was probably more so in the trade side of that equation. I think it would have made sense to uh, look at trying to acquire another, you know, another draft asset or whatever it may be. But the team has a ton of draft assets and you've got to continue building your foundation. And I do think Tunsil should be a part of that foundation. And so I think it's worth exploring a contract extension for him after the season's over. Now we all know, that Tunsil is very much a businessman. He's he comes to play. There's no no question on doubting his 
his football play, his acumen, his his work so far this season. But he's going to command top dollar, top of the market. And that top of the market right now is like, I think it's 23 and change with the, with uh, the tackle out of, of San Francisco. So at some point, he's probably going to want to reset the market, right? Because he's unfranchised taggable in 2024 because it's, it's primarily based on salary and it includes the prorated bonus. So you, you take out like workout bonus and incentives, but he didn't have those. So his franchise tag number in 2024 would just be an astronomical number 20, you know, 120% on top of, on top of 35 million. So that's just not something that they can do. And you really don't want to be at, like I said, you don't really want to be operating um, next year with him at $35 million cap number. So at this point, you've got to figure out a way to get him under contract. I think I've got a couple of proposals kind of written up in draft, you know, draft form. I'll probably dive into those, the actual numbers and the cash flows on those kind of, on that cut on that type of extension, probably after the season's over. But I kind of just wanted to raise the awareness right now that you definitely want to explore getting him under contract, doing, you know, whether it's another two-year extension, three-year extension, something like that. You can bring his cap number down a good probably eight to ten million, maybe even a little bit more, might be able to get it under under 20 million. So that'll free up a good $15 million plus in cap space for the team on 2023 and still keep it from overall ballooning in 2024 and beyond. Right. So I think that's something that the team can probably do. It just depends on what their cash constraints are going to be for, for, you know, 2023 and beyond, especially if they go with a, uh, especially if they go with a, a rookie contract, you know, especially if they have a rookie contract at the quarterback. Hey, what's going on, dude? What's up, man? Don't let me interrupt you. You're on a roll. Rookie contracts. See, and now I'm I'm pissed off because I'm my, sorry. I was I did not my, know they were gonna go at eight. No, it's not your fault. The uh my audio interface is not working tonight. It worked good when you and I did our test. What is audio Last interface, time, sir? What is audio interface? Now sir? I can't. I can barely even hear you when you're talking. So certainly can't hear you in my in my headphones. So this will be a good trial run. We'll we'll try to work out the bugs as we go. But no, I'm talking about uh, talking about Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil, right? We're this past weekend. I think was their best work as bookends, right? As quality tackles. Tunsil's been putting in the work all season, but I think Howard is continuing to progress, especially in the pass blocking. His run blocking is just like Tonsil. It's it's so so. It's it's replacement level, slightly better. But I think Damian Pierce is making more out of than what he's been given from run blocking. But from a pass blocking perspective, I think both of them are doing very well. I think Howard's coming along. Tonsil's at a top, probably top five tackle when it comes to pass blocking like he always does so he's run blocking a little bit better now a little bit yeah so I'm, I'm more thinking about how you know what the team needs to do because in next year Tunzel's because of all the restructures his cap number has ex- 
exploded, right? It's all the way up to 35 and change next year. Can't have a, any, you know, except for a quarterback, you really can't have another player with that kind of cap number. So that leaves two options. It's either extend him or trade him. And at some point, probably if you'd asked me three or four weeks ago, I was probably in the trade him side of that equation. I'm starting to feel a little more the other side of, I think they really need to look at finding a way to extend him, consider him part of your foundation for whatever quarterback is under center next year and beyond. And we've seen it with other rookie quarterbacks where they kind of have, they seem to struggle, but when they don't have an offensive line, but if you can extend Tunsil, extend Howard, because he's got a you know, he's got a fully guaranteed contract next year and a 13.2 cap figure. So if you can bring that down a little bit, get, you know, he's, Tunsil's more the one you got to really take care of, but I think it's worth exploring getting them both under contract long-term that just continues your foundation, which is very important for offensive line. So you would have Kenyon Green, Tunsil, and Howard long-term under contract with Green and whatever quarterback is under there. That's just a good foundation set up for any quarterback to come into, in my opinion. I don't necessarily think it's too – I don't think it should be a top priority. Uh, at this point until it has to be because I think with these draft picks, especially the premium picks that they're going to have uh, two in the top or three in the top. What, what are we anticipating? Three in the top 37, 38, maybe, maybe sooner. Um, you might be able to find a young guy that you like better than Tunsil. Uh Now, if they do that, okay, I'm not going to be opposed to it, but I don't think it needs to be like, I wouldn't be rushing to extend Titus Howard at this point. I'm not completely comfortable with Titus Howard as a tackle to the point where I just want to, you know, hurry up and extend him, especially given that you did pick up that option. I, I know you want to cut the contract and you want to shuffle. You just want to shuffle the math and you just want to push the contracts back and you just get so giddy and seeing the contract structure. I'm in no hurry to sign these tackles right now. I'm in no hurry. They're under contract. They're not free agents. Good to go, Cap. My yeah, no. What do you like? No, I'm fine. I'm fine with Howard as is. It's you just. I don't see how you can operate from a cap. You know, from a cap available cap dollar standpoint with Tunsil that high of a number. So, I think that's where a decision needs to be made, and I think it's more difficult to replace him. Yeah, it's just like Nick would always say, it's a cost-benefit analysis, right? So you just got to decide if you want to invest another 70 or, 70 or 80, you know, 60, $50 million guaranteed in Tunsil to keep them around for another two or three years or go younger and try to find your franchise left tackle in the draft. But that's just another spot that you have to utilize on the draft picks where versus looking at other skill positions or, you know, another – you know, another pass rusher, things like that, that you could work on and then just get Tunsil under contract. So that was kind of just my thought was, and I'm not saying do it right now. This is more of a hypothetical discussion to figure out what you want to do when it comes February, March of next year. It's just something I wanted to, I just kind of been thinking about this week and if it made sense to try to keep them around long-term and see where it goes from here. So, but you know, it, well, you know what, my favorite yeah, thing right now? He's left to go, and you got to continue to see Howard progress and do well 
and continue what he's doing and not fall back off a cliff or take a step back or anything like that. So we're still very early in the process from this year's audition for Howard, but Tunsil is what he is. He's, he's good. He's good. He's going to stay good. He's going to come to play. We all know that he's a businessman he's going to command top dollar. And that's, and that's a, an issue that has to be considered. You know, you're probably going to have to make him the highest paid left tackle in the market if you end up doing that. So just something I was tossing around and, and seeing what, seeing what was, what the thought was out there. But, uh, but uh, I love no, how stressed out you are, Cap. I'm I love how sure. stressed. I know this is this is Cap. This is the first time that he's doing this, and Cap is stressed out that he doesn't have the full grasp of the technology, and it's I'm easy to read you right worked, now. It worked great when you and I did that test the other night, and I don't know why it's not working today. <laughs> you did. How was your uh, How was your trip, buddy? Your Red River shootout. It was good, man. It was good. Very enjoyable. I've been, I've sat through many of those assings and uh, it's not fun setting the OU student section. My girl was there. She wasn't too happy. Um, you know, they don't get beat down like that a lot in OU, but you hire a dopey coach, uh, you get dopey results. And they hired the dopiest coach this side of Mississippi, probably the worst, one of the worst coaches in Big 12 history. And, uh, you know, Texas was able to do their thing. A lot of guys, I, I was actually watching that game and I was like, thank him. How many of these guys could I see being on the Houston Texans one day? Like how many of these, there's a lot of offensive linemen. I won't even get into that. There's a lot of kid, young offensive linemen that I think could make the NFL. But there are some guys on the Texas roster that I feel like the Texans could use very, very soon. Very, very soon. Maybe the quarterback, maybe. Still got to look. But he's at not what draft eligible till twenty twenty four, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he's got to stay. Uh, and you know, he skipped his senior year of high school, so he sped up that process uh, and okay. went to Ohio State. So there's that. Bijan Robinson, you know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, he's only going to get bigger. Number zero. Uh, there's that. The zero on the other side of the ball. Uh, Jalen Overstone, he can move around. Uh, big Coburn, uh, the D tackle. I could see him getting into a camp. He's got a, uh, guess where his NIL deal is with <laughs> big city wings, baby, oh, big city wings, right. big, okay. big city wings. Uh, and then, um, I actually think there's a couple of guys that won't get drafted that I think could actually be in an NFL camp and end up in an NFL camp. One of them's pretty undersized, but he can do basically everything. Uh, Deshaun Jameson, the other number five, they got two number fives, two number zeros. Uh, but the cornerback, he went to Lamar High School, kind of a return guy, kind of little Desmond Kingy, but probably a little bit like a little bit smaller. Um, and then uh, Jordan Whittington's like a slot receiver who's not putting up a lot of stats, but he's he's only been playing receiver for a few years. Uh, I could see that, but yeah, I went on a tangent, but I, I could see some of these guys playing on Sunday one day. Or getting invited to get. I think Roshan Johnson's going to get invited to a camp too. The the backup running back. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's kind of one of oh, those yeah. guys. Because I, I did watch a little bit of the game. It's rare for yeah. me to get to to watch that's a college some, game, but that was, yeah, dogs. even he showed signs of that's some dogs, yeah. man. Yeah, no, it was. I know I was excited for you with the massive yeah. blowout. That was yeah. uh, fun to one see. One week at a time, there. baby. On to Iowa State. Is that coach one and done there? At o, at nah, they're they. He's got the backing of Bob Stoops and uh, a bunch of former players and stuff. So, 
they're kind of trying to sell themselves that they need some culture change, which is weird because Lincoln Riley would win like 10 games, 11 games a year. Uh, <laughs> but they feel like they need like some sort of culture change. So really like with their culture change, they're basically going backwards. You know, it's not like taking over for B.O.B. or David Culley. They're kind of kind of in a weird spot, but that's what it is. Yeah, no, it's no, not good, I, man. Yeah, no, it was – I just want a happy cap, man. We got to get this. We got to get this thing going. No, I'm I'm happy, man. I'm fine. It apparently we'll see. Maybe the YouTube might be able might be saving the audio. One per, one of the comments said that uh, YouTube might save the audio, so we'll see if I can edit it up and. and oh, yeah, you need to edit it. Right. Edit out all this whining that you've been doing. I haven't been doing any whining. Your concerns about everything. It's just you're going to be good. You're going to be a well-oiled machine. I trust me. Yeah, no, we'll get there, man. It's just gonna, we gotta gotta work through the bugs. We'll get there. Um, What'd you make in the Jacksonville game? Outside was, of the, what, what is the stuff that nobody's talking about? Because I'm sure they they've heard our takes on like this stuff. What is the stuff from that game that nobody's talking about? Because I got a few things. Go ahead. First, the Rex Burkhead run, one of the biggest where he, plays. Where of the he game. broke the linebackers' ankles. They were trying to punt. From their own end zone. If Rex Burkhead does not move the chains on that third and seven, I don't think the Texans win the game. Okay. I, I, he my, still stinks. My, yeah, no, I had dedicated the show to Travion Walker with his gift on third and 20. So That was dumb. Yeah. Uh, I also think Nico Collins is playing way better than his stats. I, I think if, you, if you're one of those guys who's just going to look at, at the end of the year at the stats – you might even try to convince yourself that he didn't get much better, but he's gotten a lot better. A lot of, a lot of the passes thrown his way have been uncatchable. The improvement of Nico Collins is something that I don't expect everyone to see because I don't expect anyone that doesn't do this for a living or that doesn't love this team to invest time watching the Texans. But I think that Nico Collins is playing better than the stats. I think his separation is actually close. Like his, his route separation is actually close to AJ Brown. If I'm not mistaken, like it's really close to AJ Brown. I think there was like a football outsider stat that shows that. So like, he's been better than his stats. Uh, Garrett Wallow. He might be a player like between him and Christian Harris. uh, The, the biggest roster transformation that I think that we could see as the, uh, you know, second, quarter of the season for lack of a better term begins uh because you're still on like the 16 scale i think the linebacking core could look way better than we thought it would and i also thought that novell uh novell hewitt played pretty good like i think they need someone like novell hewitt that can actually go up there and kind of stand his ground against the run still not great uh but i was i was impressed with with the linebackers nico uh and the burkhead run i really really was yeah, I, I tweeted about that some today. I really think there should be a, a chance that once Christian Harris, you know, once Christian Harris is healthy and back and got a, you know a game under his belt and ready to go, I really do think you should try bringing Kirksey off the field. Definitely bring Kamu off the field. Have Wallow and and Christian Harris as your main two main two uh, linebackers when they're in the the sub packages, when they're in base package, it's either Neville Hewitt or Blake Cashman once he comes back from concussion and then mix in a little Jake Hansen, you know, who's very good on special teams and Blake Cashman's very good on special teams. But I, 
there's no uh, we know what Kirksey is. We know what Kamu is. It, it's nothing's going to change, and they're not long term. Kamu's not going to be here next year, so you've got to see what you have in these younger guys. Cashman's a, a free agent next year, so you've got to decide. You got to see what you have in him. But I think going younger is like you said, a change in the linebacker might be something worth for this team to look at in the back half of the season. Give some of these younger guys a few more snaps. See what they have in them. I mean, it's, it's obviously it can't get much worse from the quarter from the linebacker play. So I think that's something hopefully the team will take a look at. They need to. Uh, they absolutely need to. Other thing, like Davis Mills sucked. Like I know, uh, fortunately, they didn't need the difference between this game. And, and I know that, you know, you can look at a win and a lot of times you can say, well, he must have played better. The difference between this game and the other games that they played up to this point it was that you didn't need Davis Mills to do much. He had to make the one throw to Aikens, uh, I guess throw up a, quote, catchable ball to Nico. But if you were looking for, like, some sort of improvement from Davis Mills, you're going to have to wait at least two more weeks because he sucked. He wasn't good. Uh, and at this point, quite honestly, I've kind of moved on from, like, hoping that Davis Mills is going to look great. Um, he can be okay and – you know, not necessarily lose you the game, but he wasn't good at all. Like he was, he was bad. Uh, but they were able to, you know, run the ball, uh, make some plays on defense. The Stingley interception doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Uh, it's it's looked at more as like a mistake by Trevor Lawrence, but I thought it was just as impressive of a play by Derek Stingley uh, in what he did. But the the young guys played well, but Davis Mills did not. Uh, you can go through the between the um, the first year and second year guys. You can go through and do like a checklist of all of them, and a lot of them played well. Davis Mills did not; he was not good at all. Yeah, no, it it was horrible, and it's it's getting worse week after week after week. And I I don't see him coming out of this hole. I think he's just going to continue to have these games where it's 150 yards, 180 yards, 200 yards. As long as he's not throwing interceptions or fumbling, the team's probably going to be okay with it and not enough to to bench him or anything like that. If he starts coming out of games with three interceptions and things like that, then something might change. But as long as he's managing the game and, and not 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 having the massive turnovers, and I think the team's going to be okay with sticking with him. They're just going to lean on the defense and lean on the running game. It's It was another week where it felt like the uh, the – the opponent probably could have scored more points and it was just opportune takeaways, opportune stops for, for Houston and that, that bend don't break mentality. And, you know, I don't know how long they can maintain that. Hopefully they can maintain it all year, but they're, they're all, they're also going to face stiffer competition, better quarterbacks than Trevor Lawrence. And so it'll be, be interesting to see how they hold up when they get, go against a, a more high level quarterback. Well, that's going to happen, you know, in yeah. two Sundays. Uh, and I think the Raiders are, I think the Raiders are good. Uh, I know that they're better than they, their record for sure. They have a worse record. I think they still might make the playoffs. Like I, I would, I mean, if I'm, I'm going to Las Vegas next week, I mean, if there's like a, some sort of odds on the Raiders making the playoffs, it, you look at their next six games, pretty favorable. Um, their schedule. I, I think the Raiders are, are a good team. And, I think that 
Derek Carr is a good quarterback, and I think they've just gotten off to a bad start. You know, like we've heard Lovey Smith say, we're close, we're close, we're close, and kind of rolled our eyes at it. I think the Raiders are, like, close. I think they're a good – I think they're a good team. I really, really yeah. do think they're a good team. And I think um, – I think it's uh, – I think they're going to start their run against the Texans. And, they, and there's no shame in that because, you know – it's they're they're definitely better than their record. Yeah, no, I'm, I I just don't I don't know what the team can do because it's almost it's to me it's in between in between the ears for Mills at this point. His confidence is just nowhere where it needs to he's be. Toast. I don't know he's toast. Where, if he's going to make it back, I mean he's he's not holding the ball long enough. I, I never thought I would like. You know, his time almost, to throw is very low, and he's not. You know, he doesn't come off his first read very often, and. And he gets yeah. his happy feet, and it just—it's the opposite of Watson. You know <laughs> yeah. how some people, yeah, we've yeah. we've, we've literally gone from the exact opposite of man, is he holding the ball too long? To man, he's holding the ball uh, way, 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 way too quickly. Like he's getting rid of the ball quickly. It's it's gone. We've gone from like one extreme to the other with uh, the quarterbacks. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's it it freaks me out every time I I look at those stats and see that he's first or second in time to throw, and that's just what we're not used to. And he just I was I was talking about it before you got here. I was looking. Uh, Football Outsiders has a stat where they measure how short of the sticks a quarterback throws, regardless of what the down oh and God. distance is. And oh his God. is like he's like twenty eighth in the league, and of throwing to the, to the first down marker. Like he's averaging like minus 2.5 yards away from the first down marker. And he's just like, like we talked about his, his depth on targets is very little. You see Brandon cooks coming out of games with 40 yards and receiving yards on five or six targets. And there, you know, minus a few couple plays that he get, did get out to Collins. He's just not moving the ball down the field. He's not able to throw outside the numbers. And like we said, it's, it's, I don't know where it's going from, but, it's just frustrating and it just makes it that much easier to for the team to make a move in 2023 when it comes to a quarterback now what that move would be i don't know you know i don't know if casario would go a, a safer route and you know bring in a, a veteran type quarterback you know bridge type quarterback or if he would go through the draft you know that's something to be we'll have to wait and see just one thing that it kind of has me curious though is if he doesn't go, if he doesn't draft a quarterback in 2023 and goes with a bridge quarterback and it backfires again, are are they going to be around to be able to make that pick in 2024? Yes. Or do the yes. heart? Yes. Huh? Yes. You think so? For sure. Yeah. It, that wouldn't be because you're, if, if, let's put it this way. If Nick Casario, and it might be early, um, if Nick Casario has another draft like he has, like he has this year, and let's say he sprinkles it in on offense and all that, but they don't invest fully in like a rookie quarterback, then they're going to have to be patient with Nick Casario because the worst thing you can do is, you know, try to force it at the quarterback. But, you know, that's, that's how you end up with like a Josh Rosen and you have to punt uh, immediately. So yeah, I don't I don't think next year is make or break by any stretch of the imagination for Nick Casario. I think he's going to be able to oversee the process. Now he might try to find a new coach 
but all he's got to do is keep drafting like he's drafting. Like this isn't 2016 where Cal McNair is going to go up to Casario like Bob did uh, with Rick Smith and say, get me a quarterback and then have, they have to get desperate. I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. So yeah, I think he's fine. And I think he should be fine. Um, there's no pressure. There's no hurry. Like no one, no, no sane person is sitting here saying we need some wins because he inherited this. And I think, I actually think he has a vision and he has a process I could see. And honestly, I, I don't think, I think with some cap space and with another draft like this, I think they could be a competitive ball club, uh, even yeah. with a veteran. So yeah, he will, he will absolutely. There's, there's no way that Nick Casario doesn't make all these picks that he, that he made with the Deshaun Watson deal. No chance. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you're trying you to know. fire Casario. That's a hot take right there. You're, you're in. You're so stressed out by this technology. You're trying to fire Casario. I like it. It's a hot take. No, I, I and I'm fine. I I think Lovey is definitely around for next year. I just think the the uh, offensive coordinator position might change really? <laughs> next year if things don't turn around. I don't know. Yeah, I, a lot of people down on Pep, man. I I don't know. Like they're. I understand the frustration. Give him a couple of running backs to work with. Give him another receiver. Um. And, you know, pay attention to the offensive side of the rock like you did the defensive side of the rock this year or sprinkle in some some playmakers. Yeah. Maybe you get Mechie back. Who knows? Uh, but sprinkle in some playmakers, and then I think we can evaluate Pep. Now, do you want to put your rookie quarterback in that situation if you don't trust Pep? It's to be determined. Um, but I definitely, I definitely think that, you know, it's as much about the uh, – the Joes, the Jimmys and Joes, as it is the X's and O's. <laughs> That's such a cliche. I hate that. Hey, scene. hey, what do you want me to say? It's more about the players. It's just as much about the players as it is the coaches. We got to coach them up. Coach them up. You want from me? You yeah. From me, uh, I mean, it, maybe a pep will be here next year. We'll see. Uh, I think Levy will. I, I think he's way down the list of who who could be fired. You know, it. You know, we saw Matt Rule get fired. I think maybe Frank Wright up in Indianapolis might might be on the hot seat. I don't know if Whoa. there's. I don't know. Would if you hire Brandon Frank Staley, But you know, I'd love he's nowhere in danger of losing anything this year. It just. We'll Would see you hire Frank? Season's over. Would you hire Frank? Oh, as offensive coordinator? No, as coach. Oh, no. No. no, it's tough in Indy, man. I mean, uh, Jim Mersey is cheap when it comes to spending on the roster. Uh, Ballard, you know, I think he's got one hand behind, tied behind his back, and he's just not able to go out and spend the money that he would. You call think like you don't think this is Ballard's plan? I think. I mean, I. I, I do. I think. I. I. I, I Boy, if, if my owner's cheap and doesn't let me get players and then he signed him $100 bills and handed them to him, he and I are going to have some words. You cheap bastard. You're, you, you're handing you out $100 back. bills. Last, last 12 years, Indianapolis is like always bottom three, bottom four in cash spending. It's always Man, been that way. Well, they just, God. If that, I mean, that's a serious issue there, then. It's a serious issue then. They it just haven't been able to find a quarterback, if we're being honest, though. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been Ballard's thing is, you know, passing on, you know, 
passing on Darnold or whatever probably was the right decision, but he's had opportunities to take a quarterback and, uh, and he just hasn't done it. And he's continued to make these other decisions. He got talked into the Carson Wentz thing by the, by Frank Wright and that backfired. And now it looks like it's going to backfire on Washington. And so, and now Matt Ryan looks like a, a, an old version of himself, but that offensive line is just no good anymore. They, they don't have the offensive line that they had two years ago when, uh, but it's just, it's rough up there. And I, you know, I think Frank Wright probably be one of the next ones on the list after Matt rule. I'm not really sure if there's really many other candidates out there um, that could potentially that be, could be fired. Yeah. I don't oh, know. If there's like a lot. There's, pl- there's plenty. I, I can fire a coach for you real quick. You want me to? Yeah, I'll tell you who's getting fired right now. Cliff Kingsbury. Um, okay. he even they just extended him six months yes. ago. Yes, they don't care. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury could definitely be fired. Um, Staley. Keep an eye on Mike McCarthy and how the Cowboys season ends, because Dan Quinn's doing a hell of a job, and and I could see them wanting to get. That's going to probably be the most popular name in the coaching search next year. Awesome. And uh, Sean Payton, uh, Dan Campbell, you've won one game right now. I mean, I know that there's a lot of hype there and stuff. I think Dan Campbell's going to have to win a few more games uh, or he could end up getting canned. Um, That's about it. Although I think Nathaniel Hackett's one and done. For sure, I think he's. I, I think he's fired. So. I mean, he's that, gone. That is, that is they didn't. Hi- they didn't hire his ass. So yeah, mm-hmm. Nathaniel's gone. I mean, let's be honest. Like, was he hired before they hired Patton, the GM, or did they? Was it the other way around? Because I thought Hackett was being brought in because they thought they were getting Rogers. That's why, and they didn't. And he's been a disaster. So I think Hackett's one and done. So Hackett, Kingsbury, keep an eye on McCarthy, and then. You know, Quinn's going to be a popular here for about Ron Rivera. I don't know if that's if it's they can't fire him. I was talking about that today because what he said was so stupid. Like it, it's true, but it's not true based on the example he was given. Like where he said they asked, you know, why haven't you been able to compete in the NFC East? Why is everyone ahead of you? Because you have a five and zero team and two four and one teams. And he said, "That's well, quarterback, quarterback driven league." Yeah, it is dummy, but the but your division is the opposite of that. Like Philadelphia, I like Jalen. They've got a complete roster. Like they've built a complete roster and they've made it good for Jalen Hurts. Dallas is winning with their backup, and nobody in New York is sitting there saying we're four and one because of Daniel Jones. So he sounded like an idiot uh, when he said it, but they can't fire him. With everything he's overseen and all that type of stuff, if, if you want to talk about having a lot of rope, Ron Rivera has a lot of rope. So yeah. I don't think there's any way they could fire him. Could you make a case? Yes, but he ain't going nowhere. And my dream scenario is that the Texans get two top six picks or two top seven, top eight picks. And with one of them, they maybe go quarterback. And then with the next one, Will Levis is still on the board, and a team like Washington or someone wants to trade wants to trade with you. Although Washington might be drafting before that, but a team, you know, whether it's Carolina or whoever needs a quarterback wants to trade, 
and then you find a way to get a couple more firsts uh, to go along with the quarterback, and you continue to build the quarterback. That's my dream scenario. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on board the trade down one of them. Right now, if the draft ended today, they would be picking six and eight with the Falcons behind them, the Seahawks behind them. Of course, they're maybe Geno Smith tearing it up up there. But, uh, you know, you got the Washington in front of them and Detroit in front of them. Steelers, Panthers, Raiders. Panthers would need a quarterback as well, and Washington probably would need a quarterback. So, you know, hopefully that 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 pick from the Browns, which would be the number eight pick right now, hopefully it'll hold in that yeah. top twelve area. Yeah. Oh, and, it will. Uh, they're they're bad. That, they're yeah, about to tumble. Be, I think Watson's going to be rusty too. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a little yeah, bit rusty. He, he was able to return bad. to the team but he can't practice yet from my understanding i think he yeah, can he just can. like go to meetings and he stuff can work like that. out but i mean that's going to be where you're talking about you know if you're talking six to eight like you're going to be saying um you know is jackson smith and jigba the receiver that you need is jalen carter the guy that's just going to completely revamp your offensive line our defensive line excuse me um is uh will levis a quarterback we're taking depending who they take earlier and that's where you'll be having that discussion but if you can if you can stockpile get a couple first just move back and maintain you know all the draft equity and keep piling it on you're gonna be in good shape man and and i'm not going to be shocked if that happens i actually think there's a good chance that that they start having a lot of fun with uh those draft picks like a lot of fun with those draft picks whenever uh the time comes around i mean that's that's the the dream scenario is one and six or something like that because then you're definitely trading or you're when you're you're, when you're able to go into a draft and have six picks in the top 110 115 picks generally is the top 100s what people a lot of a lot of people focus on but they're they'll probably be in that top 125 with six picks and we see how nick moves around up down wherever he needs to go so that is a lot of ammunition to work with and but i mean it's like you said that's that's the exciting part of what this organization has ahead of them and it's not just it's not just next year i mean it's the year after that as well they're going to have yeah. the Browns pick, which Browns might be better next year, but who knows? We've seen Deshaun Watson go four and 12 on a team regardless. So we'll see what happens with that. But man, it's just, it's, it's good for the fans to try to look and talk about that kind of stuff. Cause it's rough with what you're seeing right now. But if you look at the outlook of the team, look at what you're getting out of, like you talked about the draft picks, which you see you get out of Petrie and Stingley and, and so far, Kenyon Green and Pierce, obviously, and hopefully you see something similar with Christian Harris, and hopefully maybe you get to see John Mechie come back next year and uh, provide that true slot wide receiver type of player that the team is missing. And so there's just a, really a lot to look forward to from a young player standpoint. Tons. And I'm hoping Canserio can continue that that theme going forward. You know, having a lot of draft picks will help bring the, the roster age down, but Hopefully we start to see more of that and less of signing 30 veterans to the roster. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. There'll be more quality, uh, especially, and I know you're giddy about having cap space, uh, getting all this cap hell this uh, 
<clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, Penny counting that to, you've done lately. Yeah, I mean, they, it'd be curious to see how they go. I think you're going to see less of the, like we talked about last week, the middle class. I think the team acknowledges and knows that they've got too big of a middle class. and they need See, to I'm insulted by that. I don't think this is middle class. What's that? I don't think this is middle class. I don't. Th- I don't even think that uh, Kamu Grugier Hill and Christian Kirk's here are middle class. I think that's lower class. From performance, yes. From I'm talking just straight. I know. I know. Cap dollar perspective, and well, I, I got a newsletter coming out later this week on it. We'll. I'll dive into that stuff. In oh, that's a tease format. right there. See, you're getting happy again. So you're, you're make sure you subscribe to that cap and trade Substack letter, and you can. Uh, you can read it later this week, probably Friday or so. I'll get it out. But uh, that's a nice map behind you, man. My wife bought that. Yeah, that's a nice map, just, dude. My my additional lights did not come in. Actually, I think they're on the front porch. They came in right after I started, so that's why I look extra yellow right now because it's bad lighting in here. But yeah, I got to figure out this inter- interface and why it's not working tonight. I think I need to go ahead and run a hard line from the router to the computer for the for the internet and do a few extra uh, upgrades and try to get this thing a little more ironed out but i definitely i definitely am enjoying um definitely enjoying having the conversation face to face versus staring at air so i you know i don't mind staring at air you know me I know. I, well, you're used to it. That's what you do for a living. And, well, you got Lopez right there, and you got Figgy behind that the is line, true. So that you, is you're true. not completely solo, but yeah, well. you know, the, I, Twitter Spaces are just getting more and more buggy. And I went back. I think last week. I think it was your audio that dropped out, not mine. On Spaces, like, I think it's possible. It's possible. I think something happened on your side because all the recording it came out it's just possible. fine. So I don't know what happened, but it's possible. But you know, it's. I think we can make this uh, make this be a good thing and and just work out the kinks and going forward. But you'll be good, man. Ace is going to trade in his Deshaun jersey. Well, good for him. They're doing it. They got the big uh, forty-four the big sale going on. Just a coincidence too. Just coincidence. Forty-four percent discount. Coincidence. There's a lot of people hitting that up, trading in their trading in their gear. I that was a fun list. What that was like. When they put yeah, out the I don't. I, it, look, if you bought a Kahali wearing or DeAndre Carter jersey, you don't deserve any breaks. A Barkevius Mingo was on there. You deserve to suffer from all the pain and all the wasted money that you can if you bought those jerseys. Watson, I can understand, but if you bought those jerseys, you should suffer. You should suffer through having that jersey. Who's likely uh, to be here longer? Pierce that was Stingley. Stingley. That's that's if I was buying a jersey today, it would be a Stingley jersey. Yeah, yeah, I would guess just from a longevity standpoint. I I think the team. I think just from a baller standpoint, I like Pierce, but I'm I'm a big Stingley guy. Yeah, running backs have short short careers. Yeah, I know how you feel about them. You don't have to crap on running backs. We almost made it through a whole show without you crapping on running backs. Yeah, don't take them in the first round. Okay, let's see how Bijan does next year. Yeah, no, I yeah, I rookie of the year. I, I I did my little joke tweet saying that uh Pierce and Robinson would be a, a fun duo for uh for next year. Did anyone get mad at you? Yeah, it was a lot of don't take a quarterback in the first round. But there was a lot of people that said, yeah, that would be awesome. Don't and take a running back, yeah. 
Because I mean, what about I, a that, slot receiver? What about a slot receiver slash running back? Do what? He's basically he's playing the slot too, oh, so he's like yeah. a slot receiver. Well, Might do more slot. damage in the slot than Mechie. No, Mechie's going to be a badass when he comes back. Okay, well, then you can have two guys. How about that? But, um, yeah, I mean, it, get peps and toys. I, I think they get back in the Mulligetta business. Let's get back in the Mulligetta business, Bijan. Yeah, I don't think that's that's really a problem. No, I, it's not. I, it's not. No, I don't. I think there's probably a few people that were making that out to potentially be something, but I don't think that that's going to be a a problem. I, you know, he's got he's got to continue to do business with teams with with the Texans. He's got he's got a ton of other players under his under that under that agency, so yeah, definitely no problem there. I think that he was just and just a bad situation altogether, but. That and man, because you know what I was really excited about? I had downloaded the audio from the from the call from Jordan's home run, and I was going to play it at the beginning of the show. And now I can't even do that. Why not? Because so it's, it's on the audio interface. It won't play back through right now because it's not connected for some reason. Correct. So are you you're just going to play it just to play it, or what? Was this that's what you wanted? You want you wanted to play it? Oh my god, I'm gonna be okay. Now you're gonna see me get pissed. Now your audio is great. So you now had the wrong thing up. Get pissed. It wasn't plugged in all the way to the fucking wow. computer. So all this complaining was your fault all to begin with. Yes, wow. On that fault. note, we got we gotta we, we might as well just call it. No, you're gonna be ticked. All right. I'm, I'm so mad now. I'm, I'm so mad now. All right. There you go. You're loud and clear. Dang, man, that's all right. <laughs> on that note, on that note, no, God all right, man. Dude. All right, well, I appreciate it, sir, and uh, yeah. hopefully we'll get the we'll get yeah. the I'll I'll have the cable properly plugged in. Wow, next week. wow, God, man, that is just total newbie, <laughs> ridiculous error by me. I'm like. Oh I just glanced God. down at it and I was like, it's not plugged in all the way. There you go. So you want to play the Yordan before you get out of here now, Chief? Alvarez launches. Oh, there it is. And this one is Wow, Cap. See, I mean, I worked hard on that. Listen to that, that sound, how loud and clear that is. Yeah, well, right. now I know what the problem is. So technical bugs have been worked out. We'll, yeah, the uh, problem is you. Yeah, it was user error. That's uh, <laughs> that's all good. But now, um, now who's who's going tomorrow night? Is it Framber? Framber Valdez versus Luis Castillo. Two thirty-seven first pitch. You the surprised that they didn't go with Lance being at Should home? Should have gone with Lance at home, but not as costly now. You reward your second best pitcher, and we'll see what happens. I would have gone with Lance, but we'll see what happens with Framber. Not good in the postseason last year, outside of that one historic uh, start. Uh, ERA damn near ten, uh, and his other ones. Is he worn down? He's pitched more than he has ever. We're going to find out tomorrow. Luckily, not a do-or-die situation because Jordan Alvarez 
uh, bailed out a lot. He saved he saved all butts. I don't know so. how Seattle comes back from that mentally. It'll be interesting to see how they how they are. Best way that, to do it is with your with that guy on the bump. But Fromber's yeah. pretty good too, despite the fact that national TV was acting like uh, he's basically uh, Josh James or something like that. Basically, just dismissing him. But yeah, we're good. Yeah. There you all go. Right. All right, buddy. Well. Cap and trade episode 36 was an absolute shit show from a technical standpoint. So that is completely my fault. No, it was not a technical standpoint. It was a you not plugging shit in standpoint. Yeah. Well, so don't, don't blame. It's don't, not. Don't pull the like blame technology error. thing. It's, I'm an expert on this. I'm in radio. I'm always blaming technology when it's not the fault. It is but all this user is a error. Thing. Yes. This was my fault completely. And I like had different adapters and I try, I'm like, Damn it. But it's okay. It's all in good fun. It's all that matters. Got Landry got to see me laughing and smile. So I'm not so Debbie Downer like I was last apparently last weekend when I was perfectly fine last week. All right. Oh man. my God. All right, buddy. Well, you have a good night. We'll chat soon and we'll be back at it next week, folks. Hopefully a little bit better presentation on my part. And uh with that, we'll shut it down and everybody have a good evening. Later. Yeah.